When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Oh, we're rocking out. Is that how it goes? We certainly are. We are back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the show with... Josh Arnold, Mr. Money Talk. And Andy Brant-Bernard. Is that like coming in for today? I thought so. I haven't seen him. I haven't seen him yet. It's 10 after 12, so I don't know. send him a text. Typical Italian, is that what you're saying? Could be. Oh, my goodness. You know, last week I got accused of being racist for for making... (laughs) You know, going after Paul Mercurio when he says, well, I'm Italian. I said, well, I thought you were Jewish. He says, Jewish, Italian, what, what's the difference? What's the difference? So, so now, now you're going after L.A. Nick. So maybe I should say, you're the racist. You're the racist. No, we can't do that. Everybody gets a little too sensitive. Oh, yeah. God, they do. We'll have to, have to talk, uh, talk about uh, Andy B, Andy's sense of humor. Apparently, you know he's got that nice rye sense of humor. He does. Now that's now that's not the rye bread that you used to be able to get at Carnegie Dell. But oh, that's rye is in W R Y. And rye, dry, you know. Well, I, it's, it's my father had a rye sense of humor, but my father is not like you, or was not like. You are now. I'd compare your sense of humor to the comedian Stephen Wright. Yeah, that's probably pretty close. So I just, and I always get a kick out of, you know, some of his one-liners that just would yep. seem to come from nowhere. <clears throat> yeah, that was my thing for a while on the show is I wouldn't talk for half an hour and then I'd just, you know, snipe out something and then never not talk for the rest of the show. But that's changed. Yes. I mean, for the for a long time, I I wasn't even sure I could really be on mic because it's like I didn't talk to people ever. I wasn't. I'm not a social person. Yeah. But you know, after doing how'd it, you end up getting married then? <clears throat> well, we met on the internet, so there you go. And that's still how your relationship is today. You on communicate the internet, via, the, via the internet. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're pretty much together twenty four seven. You're together an awful lot. There's no question yep. about it. Josh I, Josh and I talked about this, Andy, and you will agree. Uh, but I want to talk about it some more because I hear about it all the time. People are loving the financial advice you're giving them on the show or your ideas. I don't know if you would constitute them, what you're talking about as advice. And in some ways people do. And, but people do love to listen to the show because uh, of the way you talk about finances because you don't, you're not very all hyped up about it, which I think is what 
at least I've heard from our listeners, they really like that. Well, I'll jump up and down here. That's 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 fine. I mean, I was, it's just as I've always always said, for as long as I've been in business, I'll give you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice. And it's and I guess I'm a little different uh, in terms of my point of view. Um, I got one thing before we continue with that very conversation. So last week. We had eight people on the show. This week, we have three people on the show. Very consistent. <laughs> I think that's a piece of work right there. But, yeah, we had eight people on the show last week. Well, it's, you know, when I came into your your uh, parking lot in the uh, in these primetime, your primetime studio, is empty. And it dawned on me. Mm-hmm. Christmas weekend. Yep. Christmas, Christmas weekend, weekend. People are cutting out early. Well, there's like there's no one in the parking lot. Real nobody at all? Yeah, there's there's probably 10, 15 cars out there. Really? Yeah. I got a primo parking space. Yep. Okay, so I have a question for you guys. So if everybody took off the Friday before Christmas, they're going to take off because uh the the January first is on a Monday. <sighs> Are some people then going to take off the Tuesday, too, just for the hell of it? Well, I don't think so, no. I think most people no. are back to work the day after Christmas. So it'll be January 2nd, Tuesday, they'll come back uh, back to work. But but just before, well, I did see already that uh, just before noon today, they were talking about two and a half million people have already traveled for the Christmas holiday. Mm. I mean, that's that's a pretty big number, isn't it? For before Huge noon? number. And this is not even yeah, revenge not travel. Revenge travel. Yes, there's there's been a big big thing, Andy. It's like John Wick. John, where he travels John to Wick. kill people. That's revenge travel. Yeah, that, there was, you was go. That, that must have been in, in John Wick four. One of those. One of the four of them. I mean, I know I was flipping through the channels and I saw John Wick four, and it's just it looks like a video game. Yeah, it does. It does. I, I have not watched it. Uh, I like the the previous three. One, two was okay. Three was better. One was the best of them all. Mm. But I it's three hours and ten minutes long, isn't it? That one I have no board. idea. I watched all of yeah. uh, three minutes, and I said, "Nope, we're going to have to go to Apple TV." Yeah, and watch Mark Wahlberg in the Family Plan. Uh, John Wick Chapter go. Four is two hours forty nine minutes. Oh, it's only two fifty. Okay, I was off by twenty minutes. Three is two eleven. <clears throat> two is two two, and one is one forty one. So there you go, one forty one. Rapidly increasing in size. <laughs> why have they done that? Does anybody know why they've made movies longer now? Because I do not go to. I did sit and watch Oppenheimer with Catherine, and that was three hours long. And about half of that could have been, they literally could have cut at least a half hour to 45 minutes out of that movie. Like I said, longer movies make more money. They do. And I think it's because people need a reason to go to the movie theater and an event movie that's going to take up your entire day. That's like, it's the reason. It would feel weird, I think, to watch something like Oppenheimer at home on your, you know, little TV. Mm -hmm. You're just sitting on your couch, barely paying attention to it. That's the kind of thing that you want to be sat in a movie theater. The lights are off. You know, you're focusing on the story. I do think that they should add intermissions, though, because... They should, absolutely. Who cannot go to the bathroom for four hours? 
I mean, people well, under well, the age of 30, I suppose. But I, I have a lot, a lot of trouble going for an hour. Yeah, it's, but gets, that it might, gets that worse might have, every year. have something to do with age more than <laughs> mm-hmm. anything else. Yeah, but I do remember one of the longest movies that that I ever saw. Tom probably saw this this too, and it did have an intermission. Was Lawrence of Arabia? Yeah, it had an intermission. Absolutely. And I mean that you were. I was dying of thirst. Everybody was dying of thirst. It's really they brought had you that, into that, the story. Intermission and people were just running right. You know, right to the lobby at the Westmont Theater, just to, oh, got to get some something to drink. Got to get something to drink. Andy, what was the jingle they played when the intermission started? Let's all go to the lobby. Go on out to the mm-hmm. lobby. Go on out to the lobby. I'm probably the. Let's all go to the lobby to get some Seven Up. Yep, I'm probably That's the last bastion of people who are familiar with that. I think yeah, anyone probably. younger than me probably wouldn't have known that. Well, probably true. Since I would, I would say since theaters make more money selling concessions that they'd want to have, uh, would want to have a, an intermission. Well, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like, you know, something like Oppenheimer, which how long is it? Is it three hours? Three hours. Three yep. hours. Let's see. I just want to make sure it's not like even more than three. Oh, it's almost exactly three hours. So yeah, it is. Yep. You go into Oppenheimer. You know, you've got your drink, you got your popcorn and stuff. You're done with those in what half an hour. Uh, so intermission hits at the middle, and you got to get a new. You got to refresh. Get some more popcorn. Get another drink. Because in three hours, you've already digested all that stuff. You're hungry again. So I <laughs> right. mean, you know, it, it does make sense. Yeah, no question about it. I just, um, I don't know. It, 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 I used to love the intermissions. Three hours, you want to do three hours, great. Well, give me a 15-minute intermission in between hour and a half and an hour and a half. Uh, I, loved, I loved the intermissions for the very reason Josh just talked about. They have to bring them back. Yeah, they do. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, all of this brilliant financial advice <laughs> or talking about finance, people are telling me they just love it. They absolutely love your talks. Well, that I have to say thank you. Thank you. It's fun to do. And having, I'll say, having done radio, uh, now pod, podcast for, I'll say, for decades, I, this was something I, I love to do. No, no question. Loved, but last love, to share, love to share some of my ideas and love to give a little comparison to, to some of the, uh, some of what else is out there. And when I've always said I've had a different point of view, most people in, in terms of putting together investment portfolios uh, for people typically will construct a portfolio around both stocks and bonds. And a typical uh, portfolio or a balanced portfolio is 60% in stocks and 40% in bonds uh, with a with a belief that um, if the stock market falters, the bond bonds will typically rise in value and offset any of the losses in in stocks. Plus bonds, where you're lending money to either uh, the government, uh, a municipality, or a corporation, um, are going to pay interest, and bonds pay interest twice a year. And, you know, you and they have a predetermined 
uh, end point, we'll say beginning point, end point, you put in your principal, usually $1,000 in a bond on day one, and then at the end of the time, you're going to get your $1,000 back, and in the meantime, you're going to collect some interest. Um, and if interest rates that the Federal Reserve sets, and then the market will follow with that based on supply and demand factors. If the Fed raises interest rates, we'll say, and uh, Fed raises interest rates, yields go up, uh, bond prices on existing bonds go down because new buyers want to get the higher, higher yield. So bond prices can fluctuate just like stock prices can fluctuate. Um, if you're buying individual bonds, um, there is, we'll say, a lack of transparency that you do not have with, with stocks. Um, so bond prices and even prices on the same bond can vary from, we'll say, uh, brokerage firm to brokerage firm, depending on how much, we'll call it juice, uh, the brokerage firm uh, want to put in that bond for themselves. And, that, and people buy bonds just for the yield. What kind of yield can I get? So they're not paying as much attention to price. On the other hand, uh, buying stocks, people, it's very transparent. You can get stock prices. Um, you know, just about any any place, and at the same time, that price of the stock is going to be the same. Um, and of course, when you do buy a, an individual stock, whether you buy it uh, from Charles Schwab or Merrill Lynch, there's going to be a brokerage fee involved on that as as well, both to go in and come out. Um, now, I happen to like buying individual um, individual stocks as opposed to buying mutual funds or exchange-traded funds. Most people would just as soon buy an index fund, whether uh, an index fund or, um, we'll say, a mutual fund or an ETF that holds either, you know, stocks or or bonds. I prefer to say, here's what I... Um, I want to know what I own in, in, in particular. Unless, of course, you're buying Berkshire Hathaway, which is run by Warren Buffett and formerly with his partner, Charlie Munger, who recently passed away. But even with that, you can get enough information to know what he owns on every, any given uh, point in time. Uh, the only mutual fund that I have seen that is is very transparent with both, both buys and sells is a well is a is a very very aggressive uh, exchange traded fund run by uh, Arc Investments. Uh, the CEO is and founder is Kathy Wood, and her Arc Innovation Fund and several others that she runs. You can, you can look at that, and they'll say, "Here's what we bought today. Here's what we sold today." Very interesting um, 
I'll say, very interesting when it comes to an actively managed uh, fund. And people do track what she is is doing. Now, her record is um, <laughs> is wild. I mean, she has big gains and big losses. And the volatility in her fund is, I'm not going to say off the charts, but it is very, very high. But she looks for companies that she considers uh, innovative. Some, some might be, say uh, new age. And she takes pretty big positions in that, and then we'll trade around those, those positions. So last year, she lost a lot. This, this year, she made a lot. Uh, and most people at the beginning of the year would have said, nope, she lost too much. She's done. We don't want to put money in her fund. But as the fund appreciated, all of a sudden she's a genius again. <laughs> there you go. So oh, that's a, that's another issue that most most individual investors um, want to buy only when things are going up, not when things are going going down. And that's I can understand the emotion to that uh, because of the stock market. Uh, comes down, oh, we better get out. Get out now because it's only going to get worse. And if you turn on the TV or listen to some of your friends, because you've asked this before, Tom, mm -hmm. um, you know, the, you know your, your friends are, uh, ask you, oh, the, the economy is terrible. The stock market is terrible. We've, um, and I'm looking and I look and say, nah, I'm not so sure of that. I could say at different points in time, you know, there there are different sectors in the stock market that are outperforming. There are other sectors that are uh, underperforming. Uh, at in any given year, uh, the stock market as a whole, the indices are going to uh, pull back five to ten percent, three to four times a year. There are a number of years where some, some situations occur where you'll have larger drops or there'll be more drops coming. So you can say the market goes from over, we'll say overbought to, to underbought and then back and back and forth, forth like that over the course of the year. Um, you know, this, this year, uh, the market overall has been moving more on, in terms of macro events, that being what the Federal Reserve is doing with interest rates and trying to fight uh, and bring down inflation. And it looks like the Fed has reasonably su succeeded in, in doing that. Um, today, uh, the uh, the uh, a Fed inflation gauge, uh, the personal consumption expenditures came in at 3.2%, um, which was much, was a little better than expected. So, the, so they can say the Fed is, uh, Fed can say, well, what we've been doing in terms of 
raising short-term interest rates and quantitative tightening, selling bonds in our portfolio, has been working. The Fed, however, has not really moved on interest rates uh, for almost seven months. Uh, so they've been on a, a pause, but they have been jawboning that should conditions change or data changes, they feel obligated to raise interest rates. So that really hasn't, so their view has not changed. Uh, although in the last, uh, the last meeting, uh, Fed Chairman Powell indicated that the Fed could cut uh, up to three times next year. Right. I'll say the view from my pew, ha, ha, ha. I just threw that threw that out, the view from my pew, only because you might be going to church soon. So nice Catholic mass. boys. There, we just throw, throw that in. The view from my pew um, is the Fed may only cut once uh, between now and, and the election. After the election, things, things might change. Um, many prognosticators, market strategists, think that the Fed is going to cut the three times and maybe more in to bring down interest rates. And if we bring down interest rates, mind that's going to push up bond prices. But I don't... Uh, I think the Fed is going to be very, very cautious in making any changes unless they hit uh, that 2% inflation target is hit or the economy slows, slows down appreciably. And I do not foresee the economy slowing down appreciably right now. Um, so... That kind of takes off the Fed cutting interest rates with that. Mm -hmm. uh, and inflation, you know, might come down a little bit more. But again, uh, a lot depends on the, at least in my estimation, a lot depends on the price of energy. And the price of energy, you know, right now, oil has moved up in the last week from $69 a barrel to $74 a barrel. So that's a big jump. A lot of that has to do with what is going on in the Red Sea. Oh, so sure. fear of moving oil from, from place to place. Um, but in terms of uh, other forms, we'll say, of... Uh, natural gas, natural gas prices have crept up a little bit because we're coming into the, we'll say the, a heating season. But from what I've 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 been reading, um, natural gas, you know, prices are are not necessarily going to go up. Europe is full up with liquid natural gas, so uh, and there's plenty available here here in the United States. So I think energy prices, you know, other than oil, you know, oil could come back down again. 
and that would uh, change the inflation picture. House prices, which is another variable, um, or we'll call it mortgage equivalent rents, mm-hmm. they seem to have leveled off. And this, and in the last uh, couple weeks, you've seen mortgage mortgage rates come from at least on the thirty-year uh, mortgage. I've seen rates go from little over eight uh, percent to now at. And if interest rates, you know, stay down, you could see mortgage rates coming down into the fives. Oh, man, that that would help. If interest rates come down into the fives, there's still a big demand for housing. Mm -hmm. Uh, Home builders and home building stocks this year have been on fire despite interest rates moving up just because of demand. So you could see, um, you know, people moving again, even with prices and house prices stabilizing. So interest rates come down and people start moving from the house they have to either a larger house or a different house. So that, that becomes a boost to the economy. Because each time mm-hmm. you're you're going to move, what are you going to need? You're going to need a new refrigerator. You'll need a yeah. new washer and a, a dryer. Yeah. Um, geez, do I? Maybe I should buy a new TV. Um, are you really going to? When you move, are you really going to take down all the all your wiring from the TV that you've wired up in your old house? Well, that's going to be a headache. So maybe you include that to the to the new buyer of your your old house, and you go out and you buy a a new TV. Geez, I'm saying all those things that could benefit Best Buy or yeah. favorite yeah. Apple uh, or favorite Apple, favorite Amazon. Um, so those are. Certain things that um, you know will feed into the economy. Oh, you get a new house, you're going to have to uh, paint the walls. You're going to need new furniture or different furniture. Uh, so there's a lot of new things that people will want, and that that uh, helps the economy. And at the same time, you've got unemployment, which you know, is still below 4%, which I'll say when I was, when I was in college uh, decades ago, full, full employment was considered um, anything, well, let's see, full employment would be if you had 5% unemployment. Now we've got under 4% unemployment. Um now, on the, the other the other side, I look at the jobs participation rate is only I think it's sixty two and a half percent. So there are a lot of people that could be working that aren't. So there's still, and I think there are plenty of jobs available. What do we do about that, Josh? People that just will not work or do not want to work. What do we do about that? Um. Well, there are 
for people, <laughs> one, I'd say I really don't know because I, if I really, really wish I hadn't had an answer to that. But as yeah. long as you've got a lot of, um, we'll call it fail-safe uh, programs that are out there, um, you know, that, that discourages people from going out and pursuing, pursuing jobs. Uh, by the same token, you have a lot of, a lot of people who have accumulated uh, wealth over a period of time say, you know what, we've got enough, uh, life is short, we're going to drop out of the jobs market and or retire. Yeah, I can see that. Um, uh, and now I'm not, the other thing I'm not sure of, Tom, is what percentage of those people that maybe are not considered participating in the jobs market or uh, are actually gig workers that might take a longer-term or short-term uh, employment gig, so they're, they're self-employed. So that, that I do not know. Yeah. And there could What's, be, uh, that could be a big, a big chunk of people who um, are not necessarily sitting at home, but, you know, they're working a series of, I got to say, yeah, a, a, a series of jobs or have, you know, have a, a part-time assignment that, that goes into another part-time assignment, et cetera, et cetera. And they make a pretty good living doing that. I can see that. Now, last year, wasn't the top rate last year, the top lending rate last year on, you know, a bank loan, wasn't it about 9.5%? During, like during the course of uh, 2023? Mm-hmm. I think it'd probably be close to that. Yeah, about nine and a half. Um, and that's 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 come down. And where is that now? But somebody told me it's like seven seven and a quarter, something like that. That sounds about right. Yeah. So will that continue to drop as we as go? As interest into next rates year? continue to drop, those things will will drop. And if you can get cheaper money, or uh, we'll say cheaper money available, also adds to business and economic yeah. expansion. Absolutely. And that's exactly why I asked you the point. If that came down from nine and a half to seven and a quarter, I mean, can it get down the five and a half to six range? Sure. I mean, that'll, I mean, that'll maybe, take a period of time, but that, yeah. that could happen. But I mean, that's got to be really, really good for, for the economy and people going out and investing in businesses and building new things. And that's got to that's, be. That's what, that's what you, that, that's always been my point. Um, and it's my point with the, you know, with the Federal Reserve. It's been my point with, you know, politicians. Why are you doing anything that discourages uh, people or businesses from expanding and or creating new businesses? Mm -hmm. Why do why do you have to put up roadblocks, um, you know, along along the way? I mean, yes, you need some some safety nets. Yes, there there needs some to be some rules of the road, um, but why put up 
you know, significant barriers uh, to to that. Uh, yeah, I mean that's. But that's that's just that's just my own opinion here. <laughs> Is that text you're sending so important that you missed your turn? Is that text you're sending so important that you ran the red light? Is that text you're sending so important you didn't see the ball coming onto the road or the child that followed? Hi, I'm Mike Bryant from Bradshaw and Bryant. When you take your eyes off the road for even four seconds, your vehicle travels 100 yards. That's the entire length of a football field. If you absolutely have to text, you need to pull off the road somewhere safe and do it from there. Texting and driving is against the law and can cause serious injury or even death to you and others. Now that is important. We hope you're never injured in a collision, but if you are, please contact us. Find Bradshaw and Bryant, personal injury attorneys at minnesotapersonalinjury.com. Going farther with Mike Bryant on your side, seeking justice for the injured. Bradshaw and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabanco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. So they are they are talking about three or eight cuts next year. Do you still see that happening? I, know I, I do not see that happening. happening. Just given, oh, you don't. given the way the the economy is right now, um, I think yes, inflation is is going to you know come down, and it, and to me depends on the price of of energy. Uh, I can't say it's you know uh, inflation is going to come down because wages are coming down. Wages are not necessarily coming down. Wages are probably going to stay where they are or go up. Just take a look at some of the union contracts that have been signed recently. Um, so it doesn't matter whether it's been auto workers or Starbucks workers um, or, well, government workers are always, you know, to me, some part of the government seems to be always on strike for for more for more uh, for higher wages. Mm -hmm. um, the airlines, uh, you know, all the pilots' unions have just just now completed, um, you know, some wage negotiations, and they've they're getting significant bumps in pay. 
so I don't see wages wages necessarily coming down. So that's a, a fact or a component in, in, in inflation. Um, the other big component, as I said, is housing. So housing prices leveling off. And then the other, other component, which goes into everything, is the price of energy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's huge. So now somebody says, well, geez, Josh, if energy... If if you're looking at energy prices, you know what about investing in oil and gas? Um, because there's a huge, you know, if the economy heat gets back up, there'll be a, a demand for more energy. Um, or, you know, wouldn't that that benefit? Oil and gas companies, and I said, "Well, um, that was that was true in 2022. It was not true in 2023, and it's a difficult uh, area to invest in, um, and it becomes, to me, you know, a more speculative area." Uh, I know my my son uh, likes to invest in oil. We'll call it um, oil service companies. So companies that provide equipment or drilling rigs to the uh, energy and production companies. Uh, so he likes companies like Tidewater uh, or Valero as as examples, and again, if I start talking about stocks, just a, just a quick reminder, um, past performance is no guarantee of, of future results. Mm-hmm. Markets are always changing. You can lose money in investing in stocks as well as investing in, in bonds. Um, any of these companies may or may not be suitable for you, so please can consult uh, an advisor before you make uh, any investment uh, investment decisions. So that's that's a little have to have that little caveat there and disclaimer. Uh, but, yeah, no, do most people have a guy or do most people not have a guy? Uh, I'd say more people do not have a have a guy like me um, than than do. Um, but you know, I've, I've always said, find somebody that, that if you're going to work with somebody that that's their business and that they can, um, concentrate on helping you to build, build wealth through, through investing and give you the time to, uh, develop your own business. So I am. I don't want to do my own plumbing. I don't want to do my own electric. <laughs> yes. So well, there are people that are that are much better at that than I I am. So I hire out. Uh, now somebody could say, "Geez, Josh, you're a halfway decent cook, but you are always going out to eat." Correct. <laughs> I like to true. go out to eat. Uh, it's. 
I'll pay, I'll pay for the, the privilege to do, to do that. Andy, I have a question for you because you're really good at that kind of stuff, working on things in the house and all that stuff. You didn't get that from me. I can guarantee that. Where, where'd that come from? I just, when I was living on my own, things would break and I was like, what's well, like, you know, my toilet broke and it's like, this is my one toilet. So either I fix it today or I don't have a toilet until a plumber can come and that could be three days from now. So I, yeah. better, I better learn. See, it's kind of weird because I, I have never been any good at, like getting me to install a new toilet plunger, I would never trust myself to do that. But I suppose you learn as you go, huh? Yeah. Necessity is the mother of invention after all. Josh, Josh, I can't see you digging through the toilet tank to put a new bulb in there. No. I, I've done that. <laughs> no. Don't want to do that again. <laughs> I do remember just a, just a quick story. My uh, oldest son loved um, loved to, to build things, and it didn't matter. He started with Legos, and then, you know, then he would... Uh, Graduated, we'll say, to potato launchers. And then he, he grabbed all my tools. They, they start disappearing. And then he would go to construction sites. And in, the, you know, in those big dumpsters that are out there, he'd pull out wood. And he'd build things. And he was, he was very good at, at doing that. And then one day he said, oh, I think, Dad, I don't like something in... in our bathroom. I think I'm going to go work on that. Okay. Go right ahead. It's, you know, and, and my wife, why are you letting him do that? Well, he's, he wants to, to do it and he wants to remodel a bathroom. It's a good skill to have. So let him go, go ahead. Well, what happens if it doesn't work or you break something? Fine. You pick up the phone, you call Paul, the plumber, you call uh, Jimmy the electrician. Right. They'll come over and they'll they'll take care of it. What's what's going to? Ha he's not going to blow anything up. Well, he he did he did make <laughs> he did make one one whoopsie. <laughs> and Whoops. He he uh, made a made a mess of one of the. Uh, electric sockets where there was something with the, with the ground wire and mm. I had a, I had to replace uh, a TV, three clock radios. Oh, it was, it was a minor <laughs> inconvenience. It sounds like he crossed the hot with the ground. Yeah, he was, <laughs> you don't want you know, to he was that. not he was not that on that one he was not paying attention to his father i said you know here's make sure you do not do this and then it was tsh, you hear the big sizzle yep whoops but in any in any case uh you know my my point is get a guy uh to help to help you out somebody who's got a little bit of uh, expertise and has got the time the temperament and the training um to do these things and we'll, and we'll say the experience. So that's a good, man. and I do have a lot of, I have a lot of experience in both up and down markets. And you remember the down markets more than the, uh, than, than the up markets. 
I bet you that's true. Now, these three rate cuts they're talking about, I hear people on national television saying, this is a wonderful thing, three rate cuts, that'd be wonderful. And there are other people saying, oh my God, that'd not be good. If they do three rate cuts, that's not going to work. How can they have such desperate or disparate opinions? That's why, that's, that's one, without being, um, yeah, I'll be a little facetious. That's, that's what makes the market... Nobody had, uh, yeah. That that is what what makes the market, but everybody has a everybody, people in in my business and elsewhere might see things a little differently. As I said, I do not. I, right. I think that if the Fed cuts once, I think that would be be a lot. Um, if the Fed cuts three times, man, you've got to have. Um, inflation you know down at two percent and that would be if inflation comes down to two percent the fed cuts three times that would be a wonderful thing that would be a boost to the stock market be a boost to the bond market if on the other hand the fed starts cutting because the economy is weak and we move more into yeah the the economy is weak um and we start going from, or you start seeing the, the GDP, the gross domestic product number, going from positive to negative, and the Fed is now cutting rates. Uh, that's a negative, and there you would see the stock market go down, and probably the bond market go up, bond prices go up and yields come down, uh, just, just on that, that scenario. And I will say there are a number of strategists who uh, last year or the beginning of, I'll say the end of 2022, said that in 2023, we're going to have a recession, sell stocks, buy bonds, uh, because the Fed would be um, starting to cut rates uh, into 2023 just because of that scenario. Those same people who were wrong in 2023 are coming out with the same, uh, the same advice. They see the, uh, the economy slowing down. They see the stock market dropping anywhere from 8 to 20%, and they see the bond market as the place to be. Uh, I'm of the opinion that, one, the Fed may only cut interest rates once just be just because and uh, and just to show the market that they're still in in control uh, two I think the economy uh, may not you know may not slow down but it may not speed up either uh, I am of the opinion that next year you could see again three to four, uh, five to ten percent pullbacks uh, for uh, you know it could be um, companies when they start reporting earnings uh, in the middle of uh, January as we start the next earnings season their earnings are good but their revenues are not as good and their guidance into the next quarter uh, starts to become more conservative. So that could cause a pullback. Um, the government could uh, say, 
you know what, we've got some issues still with uh, the budget, and we're not going to pass a continuing resolution again. So that could cause a, a pullback. Um, you could have, uh, you know, something happen um, militarily in a place that has not been, been thought of. That could bring a, a short-term pullback. So, and there could be some other, other things that not even thinking about. Um, and then you're, then we also have this heavy-duty <laughs> start <laughs> to the election season. And that, and that is going to be, uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be a boost to the economy, but it's going to be a boost to advertising. Oh, God, yes. It's going to be huge. <laughs> that's going to, so now if I start looking at who, who is going to benefit from all the advertising that's going to be going on next year? Well, I could look at two of the companies and possibly three that are in the Magnificent Seven. Magnificent Seven uh, companies that really led the S&P uh, this year. The S&P, I think, is up, as we speak, about 21% for the year. Um, in 2022, the S&P was down 19%, so we've had a little reversal there. Uh, the bond market um, will probably end up being down down 1% or maybe flat for the year. Uh, that's much better than where the bond market finished in uh, 20, uh, 2022 when the long-term bond index was down a third, which was as much as NASDAQ was down in 2022. NASDAQ is up this year um, uh, over 40%. And the bulk of that move comes on the back of Apple, Amazon, Microsoft, Meta, uh, NVIDIA, uh, Tesla, and who else did I leave out? Apple, Amazon, Google. Facebook, Microsoft, NVIDIA, and Tesla. There we go. That's the seven. Um, but of, of those seven, now I start looking at who does a lot of advertising. Meta or F Facebook. You have Google does a lot of advertising. Amazon's advertising business has moved up, but most of that is product related. Although, when it comes to Amazon, you know, they could get a, a boost, uh, you know, on a deal that they should that, um, come through. They're working on a deal with Diamond Sports Network. And that's, that'd be a big, big boost for all the regional, regional sports networks. And could uh, provide some more dollars to uh, the local uh, local franchises that uh, that show up on you know Bally's Bally Sports, but Amazon could could be a, a beneficiary also of of that advertising. 
Then you could look to uh, Disney uh, and Comcast are also beneficiaries of all the advertising coming into the, to the election season. Um, so I do like, you know, stocks within that magnificent seven. Uh, I'm a big holder. My clients are big holders of Apple and Amazon. Uh, and I think that the two of them coming into 2024, uh, you know, should do should do very well. Um, you know, that said, I'm of the opinion that also that at the end of 2024, if the S&P index is up 10 percent, I think that would be I think that'd be a pretty, pretty good year over overall. You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. I have a question for you because uh, I know we only got about one minute left here. But how does the – it seems to me uh, – and I'm certainly an outsider looking in, no question, but it seems to me – at least some people are trying to look for a solution in the Middle East, that this can't continue on bringing in China and Russia and Iran and the United States. And I mean, do you see any chance that they might come to some sort of an agreement uh, in the Middle East? Well, Tough now, call, now you're saying you got a minute to answer this, this question. Um <clears throat> Has there ever been a, a time when somebody, when the, the Middle East has not been a hotbed and there have been all kinds of proposals to end conflict in the Middle East? And have any of those ever come to fruition? Nope. Okay. There's uh, my answer. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you. <laughs> Josh, and, it's been great working with you this year. Because you and I didn't even know each other until what about midsummer somewhere in it there. It was it was midsummer. It was indeed. And I've and I've told you the first time that I I met you, which was decades ago. Yep. When I saw you skipping down the hall uh, <laughs> at at Midway Airport in Chicago, where I guess you were. Uh, there to do some um, voiceover work. Yeah, some voiceover work. Used to fly in and out of there all the time. But Josh, it's been great working with you. I hope we work uh, together for many, many more years. We uh, we're we're going to work together. Okay, never mind. We're going to work together in 2024. There is no hope here. We we do these things. 
it's you know, a good you might, thing. You might no hope. Way. You might hope to uh, spend more time with Catherine. Eh, you might you hope. Uh, but right, with guys, me, well, I will. I will be here. If not in the studio, then on the phone. Uh, yeah, you travel. It'll work, happen. Working, but... working with you. I love the fact that we're picking up most of your friends and your family as listeners. I think that's a wonderful thing. Oh, they, they, they love it. That's what I hear. Sometimes. They, they love it. Um, I think uh, my mother finds you funny. Oh I my have no god! No idea why, but that's why. Who knows? <laughs> Who knows why it's true. So the but... next time I'm down the next time I'm down in Florida, I'll bring my uh my mother along to to meet you. Or maybe I should uh invite you to her golf course. Ooh. And uh, you can I'll I'll watch the two of you play and you'll get very frustrated. Geez, that lady just hits it straight down the middle. <laughs> I hate that about older people. I just do not understand. I don't understand. Well, Josh, thank you for another a great six months and another year next year. Looking forward to it. Andy, we will talk to you uh, plenty of times, but I'll see you in a couple of weeks. And before we go, uh, Allie Nick said he couldn't be here because of a family emergency, but he oh, says no. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and a Happy Merry New Christmas. Year. Merry so, Christmas. Tom, Andy, a Merry Christmas to both of you, and we will see you again soon. Yeah. See you soon. Thank you. Bye.